This is the John Oakley Show podcast. The 27-year-old is in court for a pretrial motion hearing, and his lawyer is fighting over the admissibility of a statement he gave to a booking officer shortly after his arrest. That statement, I am a murdering piece of expletive. Manassian told police he carried out the attack in retribution for years of sexual rejection and ridicule by women. The judges said the case will focus on his state of mind at the time of the attack, not whether or not he did it. The judge alone trial is scheduled to start up next month. Tina Trajani, Global News. All right, and she's referencing... The guy who went on the van rampage almost two years ago killed 10 people, uh, injured another 16. So uh, he's in court. It seems like an open and shut case as far as much of uh, what we've heard is concerned. Now, the admissibility of his statement uh, that he granted to an officer interrogating him on video that was played in court earlier today. Uh, I'm not clear on that point, so I defer to the higher authority. In this regard, Toronto criminal lawyer Lawrence ben who's joined the Oakley Show. Lawrence, how are you doing this afternoon? Great, as always, to be with you, John. Thank you for coming on. By the way, uh, so what is the problem surrounding the admissibility of this statement where, again, he said, yes, I am a murdering piece of expletive? Well, if I, if I have it right, John, the problem... Uh, as raised by his defense lawyer, Mr. Batensky, goes like this. When somebody is arrested, a few things have to happen. First, the police have to tell the person the reason for the arrest immediately. Secondly, they have to tell the, the individual the reason for the arrest immediately. Thirdly, they have to tell them about the right to counsel, uh, and the right to retain and instruct counsel without delay, and they must facilitate that opportunity. So they have to help uh, the person who got arrested retain and instruct counsel, or at least speak to, to a lawyer. Another thing that has to happen is what's called a caution, which is the when the police say you have the right to remain silent, you do not have to say anything, but anything that you do say may be recorded and may be put into evidence at trial. Apparently, uh, when uh, this gentleman was arrested and then brought to the station, the first thing that happens is they parade um, the uh, the person who got arrested. They put them before a booking sergeant who processes him. Everything is on video. And one of the standard questions that the booking sergeant asks is, or the booking officer asks, is, do you have any medical conditions, medical conditions that we need to be aware of? Uh, any medications that that you're on or anything like that. And that's when this guy answered, well, I'm a murderous piece of blank. And what the defense is saying is that that violated his right to silence. That's, that's where the rubber hits the road on this particular uh, issue today. And the defense lawyer is going to argue that that question was not appropriate because it elicited uh, information that should have been protected by the right to silence. And presumably the, uh, the accused had not yet had the opportunity to speak to a lawyer. That's the issue. All right. But see, this is where I get confused, because uh, in that four-hour interview, uh, he also said he wanted to inspire an incel uprising, you know, guys who couldn't, uh, you know, get any physical action, and uh, because he was bitter and all that frustrated, and that uh, he felt he accomplished his mission. That's an exact quote. And that was ruled to be admissible. So, I mean... 
Yes. Uh, sorry to interrupt, John, but I, if I understand it correctly, that was part of the four-hour formal official video interview. That's conducted in an interview room with the officer in charge of the case interrogating the suspect. The uh, exchange with the booking sergeant is much less formal. Uh, it is not in an interview room. It's in the, the uh, reception area of the police station, basically. It's not a formal interview. It's just sort of a conversation. That's why the defense lawyer is fighting it. All right. With Lawrence Ben Eliezer, Toronto criminal lawyer, on the case of the van rampage and the individual behind it uh, who is facing a trial on umpteen counts, April 6th, I guess, is when uh, this takes place in court. Apparently, they're saying that it's going to really center on his state of mind. But is that his state of mind prior to, during, afterwards? I mean, do they parse it or separate state of mind in different categories or timelines? They try to, but as a practical reality, it's very difficult to do. And the time frame captured by the state of mind usually starts a little bit before the incident, goes right through the incident, and up to the end of it. So the question is going to be whether this guy, when he was doing this, appreciated the difference between right and wrong, appreciated the nature and quality of his actions, or was driven by some uh, uncontrollable mental defect. NCR, or not criminally responsible, is provided for in the criminal code as a defense, and it is not criminally responsible by reason of disease or mental defect. So if he heard, for example, voices in his head telling him to kill these people at random, and he was in a completely delusional state, that so that he couldn't appreciate what he was doing, he couldn't control his movements or actions, then that could present a defense. And what's important to know is that doesn't mean he gets to walk out the door. It means he gets to walk into a mental facility and stay there until people uh, feel that it's safe for him to, uh, to uh, be released back into the public. It's a very difficult defense to run. It's very hard uh, to win. And, and let me assure uh, your listeners, John, that if, all, if it turns out that the guy was just angry at women, at, at the, the cards that life had dealt him because he's, an in, uh, he's involuntarily celibate, whatever that means. <laughs> I, know what, I know what it used to be called. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it, if he was just angry at women because they wouldn't go out with him, that is not going to be enough. That just means he was angry. There's a lot of people who are angry at a lot of things and somehow manage to avoid killing uh, 10 uh, innocent civilians and injuring 16 others. And as I just mentioned a few moments back, uh, in that four-hour formal interview, he did concede that he wanted to inspire an incel uprising, uh, and the judge ruled that that would be admissible. So, yes. Okay, so if his admission to uh, what his motive was, if it speaks to motive, uh, then it shows, and I guess I'm getting technical here, but help me out, mens re, you know, the criminal mind, he had the intent, and the intent shows that, I guess, it would lead to a presumption of guilt or whatever, but he's not... Uh, you can't make the claim that he wasn't in his right mind because he formed criminal intent. Well, you know me, John, I'm a, I'm a defense lawyer at heart, so I will just say this. That utterance uh, during an admissible police interview is not helpful to his defense. Okay. In other words, yeah, he's going to have a rough road to hoe trying to uh, dig out from under that one because he sort of sealed his own fate, uh, figuratively speaking. 
That's certainly what the Crown's going to argue. All right. Well, the trial starts uh, April 6th. We'll see how this one plays out. Uh, good to get an update on some of the key points that uh, are surfacing in dribs and drabs. Always a pleasure, Lawrence Ben-Eliezer. We'll talk down the road. Always my pleasure, John. You Take care. Lawrence Toronto, criminal lawyer. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 